When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, Hour 2 Podcast. This might be college football, We are back. Great to have all of you here, and uh, we'll continue uh, with more phone calls. John Talty will join us in a few minutes on Nick Saban's future. Anyone still doubting that, John will have the story for you. And uh, another John joins us now from St. Louis. Paul, are you here today? Are you home? John, you there? Paul, are you home? Uh, I'm here, John. Uh, I'm just All right. Paul, I I want to change the gears today, believe it or not. I don't want to talk politics or movies. I wanted to uh, go back and talk a little. I know you... uh, Really big basketball fan. I think you grew up in the Memphis area. You probably remember the Memphis Pros and the Memphis Tams. I sure did. Do. Yeah, I was going to ask you. Uh, I used to really follow the NBA. We're in the '60s, and also started with in the ABA too. With the uh, a lot of the Kentucky Colonels were good. But did you ever go down a list of what you thought the top All Star team was? The top five to ten players were in the old ABA. I have a list here, and I. Maybe uh, have a straight conversation. What do you think about some yeah, of these you know, guys? I, was, or... uh, I, I, I mean, I used to go to some of the games. Uh, the re- I, I became fairly well uh, indoctrinated. Uh, I worked at a uh, community center uh-huh. at 16, and, and they used to work out there. So I, would, I, would, oh, I, yeah. I, I met a number of them. But you, do you know who the president of the uh, Memphis Tams was, by any chance? Famous coach. Oh... Uh... Okay, I'll, I'll save it for you. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Adolph Rupp, for about a year, oh was the God. president of the club. Uh, it was owned, I'm trying to remember who owned it. Uh, may have been Charlie Finley, I really don't remember. But um, I remember Zelmo Beatty, am I right about that? Was he playing the ABA? I know he played for St. Louis in the NBA. I'm trying to remember if he was. Yeah, Zel- Zelmo Beatty, Beatty had quite a career. You know, he went out and played for the Utah Stars. Right. Uh, but, you know, I remember I could, you know, all those guys that you know, at the tail end that, you know, migrated over to the yeah, NBA. Just, it, um, oh, yeah, just tore it up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I had quite but, but a, the guy quite I a, remember the best because I got to know him late in his life. He was uh, was Johnny Newman, who. Uh, yes, yes, yes. He was one of the greatest basketball players to ever play high school basketball in the South. He ended up going uh-huh. to Ole Miss for a year and then he he came out and uh, it was. Uh, he really had a uh, – his career never – he played for the Celtics later on. It just never lived up. Yeah, and real quick, and I'll let you go. I'm going to cut it short today. But about that that uh, special they did about four or five years ago on Johnny Newman, I thought was excellent. Right, right. And I think the comment that you made about him, he he was on the – I think it, you said he was on the road to nowhere. He never knew where he was going to go back then. And it, it, he took him 20 years to figure out where he was going. But uh, – 
anyway, yeah, yeah John, ABA I'll tell the story a, after you go because I don't want to yeah. keep you because you sound like okay. you're in a hurry. All right. All right. Over and out. Okay. Is, uh, is John in prison where you only have like 58 seconds to make a phone call? And if you, uh, if, you, if you don't give up the phone at a certain time, you get shivved or something? <laughs> I don't know. I'll save the Johnny Newman story for another time. I don't know if anybody really wants to hear it. Do you want to hear it? No. Okay. It's a great story, by the way, but John's the only one who I think would, would, would relate to it. And he, he apparently is not watching because he, he had to go somewhere. He either has, he's either in prison or he has a weak bladder. I don't know what the explanation is. Trey is up next. Good afternoon. Or it could be both, Paul. You never know. That would be a, hey, by the way, hey, that would Paul. be a bad combination. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'm just curious, have you had the opportunity to uh, talk with Richard E. Nixon and get his thoughts on the game tonight? Uh, Tricky Dick is, is, is otherwise uh, <laughs> engaged at the moment. He's... Uh, He's he's planning to break into a couple more places right now. <laughs> oh God! But you know, Paul, something interesting uh, for Washington and Michigan both. The last time both of them won a title, they were split. Not uh, Washington in '91 with Miami and right. Michigan in '97 with Nebraska. Uh, well, I'll throw a couple of questions out at you, and I'll, I'll hang up and listen. Um, uh, wh- what do you think the ratings going to be like for the TV ratings tonight? And who do you like? and why and uh have a good evening paul thank you for taking my call i I think uh it entirely depends on the game i think if it's a bad game people will bail now one thing they're doing uh the game usually starts about 8 30 eastern time it's starting at 7 45 they they have learned their lesson that this game needs to get going earlier so i don't want to sound like an advocate but i was once that eight-year-old who wanted to stay up late and my mother wouldn't let me uh, but last week's Sugar Bowl, which didn't start till quarter to nine and ended at, uh, a week ago tonight at 12.50, you can't have that again. That, that's, that's bad news for ratings. I, I think the number will be considerably lower than the Alabama Rose Bowl game, but somewhere in the lines of where the game was last year. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it very, very much. Brandon is up next in Washington. Hello, Brandon. Hello there. How are you doing, Paul? We're doing great. Thank you for calling. I just wanted to comment on a question you asked the previous caller about what happened to Washington in the fourth quarter against Texas. And I would say watching the game, I'm a big Cougar fan, but I was rooting for the Huskies. But the coaching that the Washington staff exhibited in the fourth quarter, that's why they're an underdog in these last few games. Good point. That was the poorest. I I was going ballistic where they were not running the ball to kill time, and they kept throwing the ball. I'd run Penix, if anything. If Johnson was hurt, run Well, 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 Brandon, one reason, I mean, they were struggling uh, to run the ball, and and I I just – that makes me uncomfortable, too. And there's almost this universal Penix, uh, Washington's going to win. And I get all that. They they look like a better team, except I've also watched Michigan 
what, lose one regular season game in three years. I've seen them on, on an amazing roll. I saw them beat what I thought was one of the top two teams in the country last Monday around this time. So that's why I'm, I, I, I like and respect, but I don't, believe in, I don't believe in Washington. I think Jim Harbaugh has – he's an A-plus on coaching and his staff. DeBoer, he's still young, and he's got probably some inexperienced guys on his coaching staff. But some of the calls in the fourth quarter were beyond me. And, yeah. I, they should have easily won that game against Texas instead of Texas all the way to the end yeah. with a pass. To well, the well end so zone. You, you, by the way, this is one of the best analysis I've heard because too many people are just just going gaga. And by the way, I, I don't know any more than anybody else. I watch college football. I watched that entire game. Uh, and I'm not sure I would have, but I, I was uh, I was boarding a flight at the time the game ended. So. You're at an airport. You don't have a lot of choices on New Year's night. Uh, it's not like I was going to flip on a movie. Hey, thanks for the call. Appreciate it very, very much. Uh, buddy is up next. Good afternoon, buddy. How are you doing, Paul? We are doing great. I, I, can, I, can, I can see that you're doing great. Uh, I'd like to ask you a quick question. Do you have a bruise on top of your head? Uh, you know, it's hard to tell with okay. makeup, but it, I could. Well, I, I understand, but uh, you, you're a spitting image of my, one of my grandfather's. And when I was a small child crawling in his in his lap, I noticed he had a bruise on top of his head. And his explanation was, Grandmama hit me in the head with a hammer, and that's when my hit, hair fell out. Uh, my explanation is that my mom uh, just got mad, and instead of uh, doing what some parents do, she brushed my hair. There you go. Uh, two quick uh, stories. That I, <laughs> excuse me. Two quick stories. About 50 years ago, I happened to be a cheerleader at Ole Miss. And uh, the Ole Miss-Alabama game was in Jackson uh, in 19, that would be 1973. And Bear Bryant was leaning against the pole, uh, south end zone. Um, and I said, I'm going to meet this man. And I, I walked out there and uh, introduced myself to him, shook his hand. And, uh, he's, of course, he had his houndstooth hat on and, and uh, he was very, very cordial. Of course, he had that deep, growly voice and busy with him for a minute. And then I said, uh, Coach, is it true that you put all your players, when you were at Texas A&M, you put all your players down in a trench and made them fight their way out? He said, <laughs> no, son, it's not. And then with a pause, he said, but I probably should have. <laughs> and That's I great. Like, I've laughed about that for 50 years, and I hope to meet Nick Saban one day, and I'll ask him a question. I'm pretty good, at, pretty good at asking questions, and I'll ask him a similar question and see if he can come up with a response to make me laugh another 50 years. Uh, Saban's a lot funnier than he used to be, but, but there, there was only one bear, just to echo millions of others. We'll take a short break. We are back right after this. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMSS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash Paul. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. Hymns.com slash Paul. Hard mints are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Got some uh, new entrants to the College Football Hall of Fame class. Tim Couch, UK. Dan Hampton, Arkansas, Antonio Langham, Kevin Smith from A&M, the coach Frank Sowich, who coached at Nebraska, Mark D'Antonio, Larry Fitzgerald, pretty big name there, Julius Peppers, Randy Moss. Let's get back to the calls, and DJ is up next in Oklahoma. Hello, DJ. How you doing, Mr. Feinbaum? It's, been, it's an honor to actually finally get to talk to you. Thank you very much. It's even better an honor when you know you always make those bad bets on OU and have to wear OU gear. That's some funny stuff. Exactly. Anyways, um, what do you think the financial, I guess, I don't want to say financial hardship, but what do you think the revenue share is going to be with Oklahoma and Texas joining the SEC? Being that we'll actually be on a separate extra channel now, finally. I mean, do you think the revenue share is going to be equal? Um, or do you think it's still going to pull more ahead towards the, the normal SEC teams that already had it? Oh, no. Uh, as of July 1st, Oklahoma and Texas are 100% equal sharing okay. SEC members. They'll get the same as Alabama and Georgia. Okay. Awesome. Hey, by the way, this is not one of these ACC deals where uh, you don't get anything or you get a, you get a free Snickers bar. Uh, in, the, in, the, in the SEC, when you join the conference, you join the conference. There's no stipulations. You're, 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 you, may, you may as well be a charter member. That's how we roll. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it very, very much. And let's check in with Keith in Arkansas. Hello, Keith. Hey, Paul. How are you doing today? We are doing great. Awesome. Hey, um, with, you know, college football season coming to the close and everything, and, and there's so many good head coaches in smaller D1 schools, uh, Appalachian State, uh, their head coach comes to mind real quick, and, and even some of the smaller colleges. Um, I'm going to ask you to bring your crystal ball out for just a minute. Who do you see um, maybe waiting in the wings uh, to to be a uh, Power Five head coach in, in the upcoming uh, coaching carousel season? Well, 
some of them, uh, you know, we just saw the Troy coach go to Tulane, a very impressive coach. I think he is a guy that obviously Tulane's already knocking on that door. Uh, I, I think a guy who's in the Power Five that I see as a future SEC coach is Lance Leipold from Kansas. Uh, right. Very right. impressive Good guy. Coach. So guys, people like that. And, and what's going to happen, if De, whether DeBoer wins or not tonight, they, they come from the same background. They both came from smaller colleges. Uh, remember Chris Peterson got out of Boise. Boise, Boise has been a feeding ground. Uh, Houston sure. Nutt, uh, Brian Harson, countless others. And Arkansas State has, too, in recent years, as you know. I mean, Hugh Freeze, uh, Brian Harson again. Oh, yeah. um, Gus Malzahn. So uh, a lot of, those are schools that those are guys that have made the jump and have been very successful. So I, I think that's where you, you start to look. Uh, we, we had the coach on from South Alabama uh, a couple of weeks ago, who I think is, is, is uh, you know, he's already beaten. Uh, what? Who did he beat? Uh, who did he beat this year? Oklahoma State uh, on the road. Right. Uh, right. right. Guys like that are. are you know, you, what you, that's about the only way to get noticed. You either win a championship or you pull one of those massive upsets. Right. And, and one of our smaller colleges here, Harding, you know, just won a, a, a national championship. Right. So, right. Um, you know, it's, it's just amazing at, at the, the number of good head coaches that are out there now. And, and, and there's, you know, uh, it, it, you know, there, there's a lot of them that you, you really are kind of rooting for to get their shot at. A, at no, you're a right. You're 100 percent right, Keith. Uh, who, anyway, who, which uh, where, where did, which championship did you guys win? The uh, Harding. Yeah. Um, it was the. Um, um, I'm at a loss, Paul. Was it? It was um, it in football. Football, yes. Okay. Just, just, well, you know, it's interesting, Keith. A couple of years ago. Uh, Right before COVID, thanks for the call. I was asked to speak at the spring uh, dinner at Freed Hardeman University uh, in Tennessee, and I was sitting with the president, and he was telling me about the, they had just won, uh, I think they had won the national championship in basketball a couple of years and had just lost on the final shot. I mean, these, there are so many great stories, and I'm not trying to sound um, like uh, Captain Obvious here, but you know we we, we talk about the treetop stuff here, uh, but but across across the country, uh, these are two Harding and and Freed Hardeman, uh, just two spots that that produce phenomenal athletics. Belmont uh, in the Nashville, right outside of Nashville. It, it, it is, there's an endless stream of these great small schools that get no attention, but uh, but have programs that are. That are, that are the you know the pride of the town uh, and also incredibly successful. Thank you for the call. Do appreciate it. Terry is up next in Tampa. Hello, Terry. Hey, hey, yes, sir. First time caller. Happy New Year, Paul. Thank you. Um, uh, I enjoy watching you on a uh, uh, first take, like every day when I get a chance. Well, thank but you. I want to ask you, you. I see the line in that Washington Michigan game. Why is it going up? It used to be like four, four and a half, five. Now here like six. What what does that mean? Well, let me explain that. Uh, and and I every time I explain this, I have a friend of mine in Vegas tell me I'm wrong. So I'll do, but I'll do my best. Um, mm-hmm. The goal of Vegas 
is to get equal betting on both sides. So uh, that means you, you, they throw a number up Sunday night. So there's, a, there's, a, there's a group out there that can look at the game, power ratings, et cetera. And, and so they throw the number up. And then all week long, the number gets bet. What it means is that the late money is moving toward Michigan. So it, if you, I don't know if you follow Wall Street. Wall Street's a similar concept where the more people buy the, I don't understand it, but I know if, you, if, 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 there's, if there's a lot of buying of a stock because of good earnings, because of good outlook, stock goes up. If there's a crisis, stock plummets. Same way with a, uh, a football team when you put the, now this is just one line. There's a million other things that, that go into uh, betting, which I, I know nothing about any of it. Uh, but this means is that the late money is, is moving toward Michigan. Hmm. Now, does that, wow. by the way, does that really mean anything? Does that mean that uh, Michigan people, those people are smart? You, you tend to think they are uh, because the late money, we call them the Sharpies. They're, they're basing that on some information that probably isn't available to the rest of the world. Hey, thank you for the call. We will take a break. John Talty joining us. We talked to him right before Pasadena on Nick Saban's future. We're going to revisit that conversation. Had a chance to see John out in uh, Pasadena, and he will join us next. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. So uh, about a week ago at this moment, the game was just underway in Pasadena. What has happened since then in connection to Nick Saban? Seems, seems like he's comfortably uh, getting ready for next year. John Talty, uh, who uh, has followed this man so closely, had written the bestseller last summer on Nick Saban and his leadership secrets. Uh, Joining us, he's been covering the coaching convention. John, thank you. Great to have you on. Before we get to Saban, just what's been the buzz among all the coaches right now who are, I'm sure are talking about tonight, but also speculating on everybody else's future? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of that happening, um, which is always interesting. It's a lot of conversations around, you know, what's happening within the game right now. As you can imagine, plenty of talk about the recruiting calendar, about NIL, about other you know, hot topics that are happening here right now. But I think, you know, people are excited about the game. I can remember, Paul, I was at the uh, coaches' convention last year. I remember uh, going to a party thrown by uh, 
an agent and getting excited. And I think about a quarter in, I think everybody stopped watching the game and was just gossiping about the rest of the industry. So hoping for a little bit better one tonight. I think that's the expectation uh, for you know, Michigan uh, versus Washington, two teams that obviously won, you know, nail biters a week ago. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of buzz about this game and you know, still lots of, I know you had uh, my guy, Matt Dennis, who I've been hanging out with here on your show earlier. There's still lots of moves that are happening and are still to come. So, the head coaching stuff has slowed down, but there's still lots of people interviewing and trying to get jobs here. Let me start with uh, the big story tonight, and that's, that's Jim Harbaugh. Uh, what, what's the buzz there in relation to Harbaugh? And in, in, is, there, is there anyone in that world? And, and, and I'm not talking about coaches. Uh, you're also in the middle of Agent Central, which is really where the rumors start, uh, that Harbaugh is doing anything other than leaving after tonight? I think that's been what a lot of the buzz has been, Paul. Um, I can, you know, before the Rose Bowl, uh, I met up with some people that are pretty plugged in from the Michigan side of things. And I think there was a feeling that uh, there were a lot of reasons for him to leave and, and not many to stay beyond just, of course, his, you know, connection to the school and the Michigan man thing and all that. But, you know, I think with potential to win it all, feels like an opportunity to, to take that next step. You know, we've already seen – one job open up with the Chargers that he's been linked to. I think there's others that could potentially come up. But I think that's been the, the expectation. I think, you know, of course, he's got to get a job. It's got to be the right, you know, fit and all those different things. But that at least is the buzz, Paul, for sure. Um, and, but, you know, there's been, you know better than anybody, there's been buzz the last couple of years. And he's gotten close a couple of times. He's interviewed a couple of times. And he's ultimately come back. So, you never can write it in stone until it actually happens and you get to watch him on his introductory press conference. But I do think there's a lot of people in the industry that think that this is, this is the year that he would move on. John, I, I bring this up because I, I have knocked this story down a couple of times just based on common sense. But I had a coach text me today and said, hey, do you think there's any chance that this guy leaves to go to the Atlanta Falcons. I bring it up because I've knocked it down, but maybe, maybe, I, maybe I don't know. And of course, we're talking about Kirby Smart. You know, it's interesting. I asked somebody uh, connected to there uh, earlier today about that, and that person also knocked it down for me. Uh, you know, it's, there's an obvious connection there. Uh, I think there's always going to be that question, given how successful he's been, you know, the fact he's connected to Nick, he has coached in the NFL in the past, would that itch ever be something he felt like he had to scratch? We well known how Nick felt like he had to when he went to the Miami Dolphins. I don't get the sense that Kirby has that same itch to coach in the NFL uh, the way that Nick did. Now, five years from now, a decade from now, if he wins multiple national championships, does he feel like he has to kind of take that next step? You know, that's certainly possible. But I don't, I don't see it. Uh, in this current moment, at least in some of the things that we've heard. Um, and I think there's, you know, I think there are reasons for it, you know, being out there that might not hurt them uh, in terms of just making sure he knows how important he is to that operation and that, you know, Georgia does everything they can to make sure they keep him. Yeah. And, and, and by the way, uh, you always hear people say, well, that's, that's agent talk, right? Right now, John, uh, you tell me if I'm wrong, but it's not so much about the agents. Cause I mean, Kirby smart, it's hard to make any more money than he's making, but it's about how much money that program has. Uh, am I right? You 100% hit the nail on the head, and that's pretty much exactly how somebody put it to me today. So, 
Paul, as, as usual, you're, uh, you're right on it. I think that's exactly what it is. And if you think maybe even a little bit more broadly, look back a year plus ago when it looked like Lane was going to go to Auburn and what Ole Miss did, not only financially to keep him, but it rallied the base to contribute to NIL, to contribute to these different things. And you're really seeing that kind of come to fruition this past year, this past cycle, with how aggressive and successful they've been in getting top talent. Uh, now, of course, they've, they're losing Quinchon Judkins, but in general, they've been much more aggressive and competitive and not only retaining talent, but also attracting it. And so that's kind of the new thing. Like, of course, everybody wants to make more money, but it's not just about making more money yourself. It's making sure that you have all the necessary resources to be successful. And I think, that's, I think, you, I think you nailed it, Paul. John, I remember being with you in Nashville, and, and some of our friends were pushing hard on LSU being in the championship game tonight. You and I were a little more conventional, thinking Georgia, Alabama, stuff like that. But uh, it was a disappointing se- season for Brian Kelly, but he seems like he's making up for lost ground. He's made a couple of key hires. He's landing some big fishes for next year's recruiting. What is the buzz on LSU in the, at the convention? Yeah, I think it's, you know, I think it's making moves. Uh, maybe, you know, some people might argue they're too late. Some people might argue they're too early, whatever it might be. But I think it's an aggressive move. And I think it's an understanding that, you know, the window um, is only available for so long. And, you know, they won the West a year ago, kind of ahead of schedule. I think a lot of people thought Alabama was going to win. Of course, they didn't. This year, they got more buzz. Bama back on top. Uh, but, you know, it was pretty clear watching them this year that the defense was a major liability and, and held them back. And I you know, respect that he is making aggressive moves to try to fix that. Uh, you know, it is kind of interesting to see a guy who, you know, a little less than two years ago, get passed up for a spot on that staff, then get brought in as the highest paid coach and uh, highest paid assistant coach in America. Uh, it's kind of funny how you're, your fortunes can turn quickly. Uh, it's, of course, been great for Blake to, to get brought back into LSU for that number. But I think he realizes that you only have so much time to, uh, to make moves. And uh, I think he knows he's got to be aggressive and try to capitalize on some of these other things, especially from an offensive standpoint, that are in place uh, that, that needs the defense to be at that same level. John, it was, it was just about a year ago when uh, there was a story that broke uh, about Ryan Grubb and uh, – coming to Alabama for a visit. And a lot of us are like, what, who, what's going on here? Uh, he, uh, he's the offensive coordinator uh, at Washington. He apparently said no to Nick Saban before he finally landed on, on Tommy Reese. Uh, today, starting to look pretty smart by, by Nick Saban going after this guy, isn't it? Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, you know, I think from my understanding of the situation, you know, he had made some promises to guys, I uh, think in from my understanding, including, you know, Michael Penix, that like, hey, like, I'm, you know, I'm going to see this through. And so I think it was very hard for him, very hard to say no to Nick Saban. Uh, but for him, I think it would have been hard for him to leave. And, of course, he has a really close, well-established relationship with the head coach. And, you know, looking back on it, you know, Alabama's a great place to work, but it's hard to argue he made the wrong decision. I mean, being able to guide a program like Washington, which, you know, does not uh, have as many five stars, as, I mean, it would be – uh, you know, the only team, from my understanding, to, to win a national championship in the, kind of this new modern playoff era without five stars, I mean, that would be pretty impressive. And he's just done such an incredible job uh, with that offense this year. They're fun to watch. Their receivers are great. And I think he's set himself up very well 
uh, whether the head guy moves on or whether just another head coaching opportunity comes up, that he's going to be a hot name moving forward. John Talty with us. Uh, John, we were together New Year's, uh, New Year's Eve afternoon, uh, walking around uh, a number of places oh. in uh, SoCal. Alabama fans were worried. They would come up to us and say, hey, what's the deal? on Nick Saban. Is he really going to step down if Alabama wins it all? Take us through the, the last couple of weeks because there were, there were many times when that seemed to be the prevailing wind. It does not seem to be that right now. What's going on? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It's always hard to know. And I think, you know, there's some people, you know, you and I, I think are pretty plugged into the situation. But I do think there's only really one person who knows. I think Kevin Steele said that week, hey, there's only one guy who really knows this answer, uh, and it's Nick Saban. And if you expanded the circle out, you can include Miss Terry and his agent, Jimmy Sexton. But those are the three you probably are ever going to really know. But there was a growing buzz uh, in you know, this season in general, but I think especially as the season went on, it got later, October, November, December, more and more people, I'm sure, reaching out to you. They were reaching out to me, like, Hey, I'm hearing things like, what do you think is going on? What's the deal with this? There just, there was more of that happening. Uh, I think uh, my colleague over at CBS, Dennis Dodd, I think reformed, referred to it as informed conjecture, uh, which I, you know, it's an interesting way of putting it. I, I might put it more as informed speculation, but there was certainly some of that kind of rumors and whispers, but I think it has certainly quieted down. I think the way that Nick went out and recruited and finished that class I was talking to someone earlier today about, you know, him still flying around doing in-home business with every guy they had committed and were still pursuing. It's pretty impressive for him to do that uh, in December. He d- doesn't always have to do that kind of stuff. It shows how committed he still is to this. Uh, and, you know, still trying to make some hires right now. So I think it has quieted down. Certainly here uh, at the coaches' convention, I have not heard any buzz about, hey, do you think he's leaving? Like I think it has really in the last week or two quieted down and then some of that just might also be what happened last monday people thinking hey he came up just short he's going to be fired up and want to come back you know to, to try to get up, get over the hub next year and, and john you know, a lot of people just are dismissive but i was in birmingham oh i don't know right before christmas uh went out with a mutual friend of ours who you know uh is is plugged in about as tight as you can get and as midnight Struck. I asked him, like, what, what do you think? I mean, this is December 17th, 18th, whatever it was. Do you think Nick Saban is coming back? And, and he just didn't give me, like, I don't know. It could be. And he said, it's 50-50. And I said, 50-50? He, he said, yeah, I think it's that serious. So, I mean, the, the, the comments that we're talking about now don't, don't have a lot of residence right now, but two or three weeks ago, they did. Yeah, and again, and the you know the people that I'm referencing, you know, that I heard from, they're not random bozos. You know, they're people <laughs> around the SEC, people at people. different programs. Yeah, I mean, listen, there's nothing wrong with. I love those guys too, but I mean, these are people who it's they have some sense of what's happening. There was again, it started building. Now, the thing that's always hard to know, again, when you're trying to do what we do, is decipher what's real and what's not. Is it opposing coaches trying to float that out there to hurt him in recruiting. You know, there's all this kind of uh, espionage type stuff that happens at times within coaching uh, that you have to try to sift through. But, you know, there are definitely some people who are plugged in around Alabama that you and I have talked to, uh, different people, maybe some of the same people that, you know, they were kind of wondering, hey, this is 
it's a little different this year, I think, than some past years. A little bit more maybe in question. And some of that also, I think, it's just natural. He's, he's 72 years old. I mean, you can't get around that number. Uh, you just always have to kind of wonder. At some point, he has to retire. You, you know, it's, whether it's a year from now, five years from now. I mean, it's not going to be 30 years from now, right? It's, there's a more defined runway of availability left for him than, say, at Kirby Smart at Georgia just based on age. And so it's always going to be a topic. It's always going to hang over. Uh, and I think even Nick, uh, his, some of his comments that I think it was Rose Bowl were a little telling where you know, people talk about, hey, are you going to uh, commit to you know, me being there for all four years? And Nick kind of joking, be like, well, are you going to commit to me for all four years? But it wasn't a, yeah, I'm going to be there no matter what, which I feel like was more of his answer earlier on. And now he kind of deflects a little more than I think he used to. Great stuff. John Talty, a fantastic uh, conversation. John, we'll talk soon. John in Nashville uh, at the Coaches Convention. We are coming back. More of your phone calls as we get you ready for tonight's game. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show Podcast. Welcome back. Good conversation there with John. Let's check in with a Joe. Handsome Joe, that is. Roll tight, roll, Paul Feinbaum. And, hey, I always like when you got Talty on. He's, he's always... He knows. You know, he, he's, yeah, and he's not he's not biased about Alabama. I mean, he's what I mean. He, he knows his stuff. You know, he and I can tell he keeps up with you a great bit, great deal there. He does. But you know, Alabama fans, we're not in there. But with Alabama folks, hey, we ain't but two hundred thirty six days away from kickoff. So you know, we got a few months to hang in there and just you know, it's it's all season time. But you know, I probably ain't even gonna watch this game tonight because I don't really care. You know, one way or the other, I don't really care who wins this game, Paul. Plus, plus, you know, I got satellite dish. You know, and we're, the rain's supposed to start here in about thirty minutes, and I mean, we got a hundred percent rain, wind like thirty, forty miles an hour winds. So my satellite's gonna go out anyway. So I got some recordings, and so I'll probably end up either watching Clem Eastwood in the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, and or either that or Shawshank Redemption to think about John and St. Louis in the Big House. But well, you know Shaw, what? You know, you know what? Shawshank Redemption, that may have just gone to the top of my list of things. To, I haven't watched that movie in a couple of years. That's why, that's why I'm thinking about watching it. I ain't seen it in a couple, couple three years. So I'm thinking about doing that. I got me some homemade chicken stew and cornbread from the Piggly Wiggly today. So I've got, you know, supper ready. It's good for a good rainy night. And 
So I'm, I might just rain it in northwest Alabama. It feels like it's raining all over the world. It is. Oh, it's going to rain in the whole state, Mississippi, Louisiana. I mean, it's going. Oh, yeah, no, we're, it's, it's coming my way a, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, you're going to get it tomorrow, Paul. So, so I probably can't even watch regular TV anyway because when it well, does, my satellite it. goes completely out. Uh, I'll, I'll, anyway. I'll, I'll give you a couple. Of, I'll, I'll give you some updates on the game, Joe. Thank you so much for the call. Really do appreciate it. And uh, let's check in with uh, Art in Mississippi. Hello, Art. Hello. Good afternoon. How you doing? We are doing great. Thank you for calling. <clears throat> First time caller. Well, glad to hear from you. Hello. Yeah, go right ahead. Oh, You're on the air. I enjoy right? your show a lot. Thank you. I enjoy your show a lot. I was just going to say <clears throat> that I've never seen a fan base as spoiled, sometimes and unappreciative as Alabama is. I've never met Nick Saban, but uh, I don't know of anybody you can think of in, in anywhere close to times that kept a team as focused from year in, year out as he does. And every year, if they lose one ball game, you hear about he's washed up and all this stuff. And uh, I, I just don't think they really appreciate the man. Uh, but, but the truth of the matter is, is that <clears throat> LSU and a lot of other places used to be. Uh, you, the only thing he had to worry about was sometimes in the SEC was getting by LSU. That's not true anymore. Uh, the uh, the league is tougher than it's ever been. That doesn't mean he's not as good a coach as he's ever been. It just means it's tougher to win than it used to be. And I'd like to hear what you got to say about that. I'll hang up. Well, I think you're right about that, Art. I think what got people spoiled was he won, it, he won the title in 2009, uh, 11 and 12. He won it. He got to the playoffs in 14. And then 15, 16, 17, 18. He's in the championship game every single year and at that point it just seemed inevitable that he would be there forever hasn't worked out that way we'll be right back you're listening to the paul feinbaum show podcast 